1: Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their murps right before <laughs> it's time to record. Thanks, Lucy. <laughs> Better than
2: Miss Sniffles over here. Oh, I know. Poor baby poor Sniffles. Gal.
1: You guys, so remember that episode that aired a month ago for you guys? Well, we recorded it two days ago for yeah. us,
2: and
1: so I still have the flu. She's had the flu for months. <laughs> so that's. But who fun. are you? I'm Kenyan, and I have moments left to live.
0: Oh my God. Okay.
1: Oh, we're about to embark on a tour. So please, Amanda
0: and I can
2: take it. Yeah. I'm Lucy. I'm Amanda. Soon to be
0: one half of this podcast.
1: (laughs) I mean, it would be on brand
0: for Kenyon to perish while recording an episode. (laughs)
1: And we do have a death clause in our
0: contract. We do. (laughs)
1: We do. We do. All right. I'm not going to die in this episode, though, because I am so excited for Amanda's case because Amanda is so excited for her case. (laughs) She's been texting us, like, just, like, teasers. Like, we don't know what (laughs) it is, but she's just been texting us, like, Oh my god, you guys! Uh, you if you guys. don't
0: follow our blog, you need to start because the photos this week are going to be <laughs> real good. Just one word for you: poodles. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> oodles of poodles.
1: Oodles of. Poodles. <laughs> so you
0: might be wondering what
1: the topic could be. It's not poodles. It's poodles. Oh, <laughs> that would be amazing. The very special fan pick this week is circus crimes. It's a real circus. Brought to you by Whitney Maness. Uh You done good, Whitney. I want to shake your Hanness. Mm. Whitney Manis,
0: I want to show you my anise. <laughs> Whitney Manis, I present to you my anise. <laughs> Without consent.
2: That's, a, that's my cats. That's what they do every morning. Yep. And now my butthole. <laughs> uh, yeah. What Brain. is that about? Yeah.
1: My so no. So
2: weird. I want one of those little gems you hang on their tail. <laughs> Ugh.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> <Ugh>. Already feeling <laughs> nauseous Okay I'm adding
0: so many more poodle photos to the drive <laughs> Than I already had on there is that why my Google is currently crashing? It's crashing. It's
1: full of poodles. Poodle alert. Poodle level six. Poodles of
0: fucking poodles, y'all.
1: All right. Let's intercept Amanda and get to the wine crime pairing for
0: circus crimes. Oh, it's so good. So, this episode was paired, I believe, recommended by Whitney um, with Petit Petit by da- uh, Michael David Wineries. And uh, this is a different wine by the same winery that does Freak Show, mm. which we actually paired in our first and That's Why We Drink crossover many moons ago. Oh. So, it's fun to be doing another wine from their catalog. Petit um, Petit is cleverly named after the blend of grapes that make up this wine. It's 85% Petit Syrah and 15% Petit Verdot. And we've talked about Petit Syrah and Petit Verdot before. And what's cute about this name is like, even though it means the same thing, Petit Syrah is P-E-T-I-T-E and Petit Verdot is P-E-T-I-T. So the wine is just Petit Petit, like two different versions of the same name. (laughs) Um, Kenyon's biting her tongue so hard. Papier mâché. So Petit (laughs) Seurat wines tend to be concentrated (laughs) and tannic with black fruit flavors, while Petit Verdot is often added to blends in order to add structure and earthy notes. So this wine will be really nice and balanced, more like medium to full-bodied. And the review I read says, the resulting wine, quote, like elephants whose size is imposing, (laughs) is well... Well-structured and bold. <laughs> there are two yes. elephants on the label. So someone a okay. big elephant. Oh someone my was God. having too much fun, and also the wine blog that I got some reviews from was, like, Costcoblog.com. Yes. <laughs> 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 got yes. a lot of good Costco. Um, this is a very high-scoring wine across, like, all wine rating platforms. Vivino is always a good one to look at to get your wines rated. Um, and it can be found almost everywhere. I got this one at Costco for 16 Um, The average retail price on this wine is listed around $18. So it is a little higher in the price point for a gal's pick, but mm-hmm. it's totally worth it. Um, I wonder what Total Wine sells it for. I'd be curious to find that out. Mm-hmm. it Ask is Matt. Four- yeah, I got to go call Matt. BRB. Got to Google more poodles and call Matt. <laughs> Google your poodle. Um, Google oodles of poodles. It's 14.5% ABV and it is a papper. So, as I always mention, if you're in need of a wine key or a lot of other fun merch, including beach towels and summer tanks, mm-hmm. um, head over to wine and crime And fill up your cart, baby girl, or boy, or neither or neither or both. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, (laughs) mm-hmm. All right. (laughs) Let's pop this
1: baby like I want to pop my sinuses. I am so,
0: oh, God. You won't be able to tell if it's Kenyan sinuses popping or if it is the Mm -hmm. wine.
2: Mm -hmm. Yikes, yikes, yikes,
0: yikes. Here we go. (laughs) Oh
1: yeah! Entertaining pop. Nice pap Nice showmanly
0: pop. The greatest <coughs> showman pop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. The greatest
0: pop on earth.
1: <laughs> Lucy, what is our background? And probably not psych. For oh, s- joke's
0: on you. Ooh. Ooh. For circus crimes. Yeah, take it away while I add 50 photos of poodles to the drive.
1: <laughs> and while I Jade <laughs> roll my face. <laughs> we are firing on all cylinders.
2: Glad to know you're both engaged this week. I'm well, listening. <laughs> well, you better be because you are going to come. You're going to need to pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to come. <laughs> oh, gross. A rye, right. a circus is defined as a company of performers who put on diverse entertainment shows that may include Amanda's favorite clown. No nope. <laughs> hate it. I, I
0: intentionally avoided doing a case that had anything to do with clowns and do you know how fucking hard that is when mm-hmm. researching circus crimes i've I seen so many unsolicited photos of john wayne gacy in my fucking life i am so upset <laughs> we'll get to it great
2: great great all right circus may also include acrobats trained animals ick trained poodles Trapeze acts, musicians, magicians, dancers, tightrope walkers, jugglers, hoopers, contortionists, unicyclers, object manipulations, and stunt-oriented artists. Mm-hmm. So, we all know what a fucking circus is, and now that I've listed all those things, we can all probably smell a circus in our minds.
1: Uh, <laughs> so, Last you're time that I went to, like, a real circus... Not Cirque du Soleil, which is actually awesome, but like a regular-ass circus. I was a little Like kid. a county
2: fair circus?
1: Yeah, yeah, with a tent and animals and everything. Yeah, the elephants had diarrhea.
0: Oof. Oh, <laughs> n- no. <laughs> were
1: they large was- and imposing? Yes, they were, <laughs> and so was their aroma, Ew. Oh, yeah. And I yeah, was honey. really little, and I apparently just looked at my mom, and she was like, do you need to go? And I was like, yep, and we just got <laughs> out of there. That was it.
2: Yeah, they don't make circuses like they used to, the mm-hmm. ones that smell like horse shit and hay and peanuts. Yep. You can just hear children screaming. Yep. Okay, moving on. Are we ready for a sport of geography. Oh, oh geography. Oh. I had to get in on the game. Love it. Although it's a pretty short one. It's really only one city. So, born in Newcastle under Lyme.
0: Uh, okay.
2: England. Oh, my God. In 1742, Philip Astley, Astley, not Astley, Mm -hmm. was an accomplished equestrian. Was never going to give you up, never going to let you down. Exactly. Uh... (laughs) You just got Philip Rolled. Had to. He was an accomplished equestrian inventor and is also credited with being the father of the modern circus as far as a circus being an integrated entertainment show with music, stunts, animals, clowns, etc.
1: So direct your hate mail to I this was deceased just man. Say, yeah.
0: I need his gravestone's address so I can <laughs> desecrate it. Gross.
2: He and his wife, Patty Jones, who actually sounds like kind of a badass,
0: mm-hmm. founded
2: Astley's Amphitheater in London in 1768, where mm. they would both perform tricks while riding horses.
0: Amazing. Because
2: mm-hmm, because I he love spent that some, shit. He spent some time in the military during the Seven Years' War. Philip was a great horse rider and enjoyed doing tricks and generally being the center of attention. Mm -hmm. Uh, He just liked performing. He and Patty would perform mock sword fights on their horses. They would also perform in a ring, which he called the circle. He put a tent over said ring, Mm. so it's starting to look like a fucking circus. Yeah,
0: something's taking shape. Uh
2: Uh-huh. And in 1770, he hired acrobats, jugglers, tightrope walkers, dancing dogs.
0: Oh, poodles. (laughs) Oodles of poodles.
2: (laughs) Oodles of poodles. And a clown to fill the pauses between the acts. Okay. So I'm assuming that he and his wife had to, like, change costumes and change props and maybe change horses and blah, blah, blah. And Yep. Um, So this is a direct quote from Wikipedia. Guilds and lineages of acrobats and clowns had performed throughout Europe for centuries before this, but as members of independent professions, not as part of an integrated entertainment experience for which an all-inclusive ticket was sold. Mm, So that was kind of the defining feature of this being like the first example of a modern circus. Loving
1: it all together instead of like a Groupon situation. Exactly, exactly,
2: Dr. Lang. Mm. <laughs> so while he himself never called his show a circus, it, like, was. So mm-hmm. there we go. That's Philip Astley. Astley. Historically, one of the main attractions of a circus was the so-called freak show or side show, and mm. clearly freak show is no longer a PC phrase to use. And mm-hmm. the acts that are a result of a person's physical traits don't really go over too well in modern times either. Mm-hmm. That said, I suppose if a person really wanted to use their unique attributes to mm-hmm. make money, they should be able to do what they want. Oh, for sure.
0: But they should also um, be able to have like rights and health care and like proper working hours and not be like prodded. For
2: sure. Mm-hmm. And also, maybe the bigger problem is whether there's still a market for people to go gawk.
0: At sure. these people. Mm-hmm. I feel like Cirque du Soleil has done a f- fairly decent job of like combining the unbelievable physical talents of these performing artists and also some cool animal stuff that's not like fucked up circus animal stuff. And I, I guess before everybody slides into my DMs, I don't really know if Cirque du Soleil has like cases of animal cruelty against them. But in all of my, a lot of my research trying to find a case was a lot of animal cruelty stuff. And I didn't see anything against Cirque du Soleil. So I don't know, but I I think, I don't think they do. I don't think they do either. I think, I don't think they use that many animals. It's mostly, they had a show recently that was like, that was in Minnesota for a long while. um, That was horses. Mm. And it was like dancers and and aerialists, and they would like do tricks on the horses, and like the horses would do some cool shit. But I, I don't think they use that many animals either. I think that's kind of a rare exception.
1: Yeah, and I, I think also th- here Lucy's talking like, about like
0: humans, like the whole freak show thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I am
1: definitely talking
2: about humans, right. and specifically humans who are born with um like genetic aberrations and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again the market of, of an audience for that s- specific flavor of entertainment um, is probably <clears throat> the Dwind- bigger problem. Dwindling, right. one would hope. Yeah, one would hope. Um, where was I? Oh, I, I think that looking at these performers and considering how the public views Currently and viewed in the past, folks with disabilities throughout different time periods is interesting, and it can also help us re-examine some ways in which we treat people today, both in entertainment and in other
0: areas. Oh, girl. When we are on tour, I am bringing you that book, Geek Love. It's so good. I bought it. I haven't read it it yet. Okay. I'm saving it for the tour. Oh,
1: it's a great book.
0: It's unbelievable. Probably should have read
2: it in advance of recording this episode, but whatever. There we go. Here Mm. we are.
1: Um, also, I'm just reminded of apparently like the inventor I heard this on another podcast a million years ago. the inventor of um incubators for for premature babies just mm-hmm. dis- like had to display premature babies at basically a sideshow at a yeah circus. That was yeah. a thing. That was a regular thing and there I I found a
2: whole website of um it it's it was called Carni lingo, mm-hmm. So it was just kind of the phrases that that carnival workers use to describe various circus things and one of them was when they had like you know, fetuses in in mm-hmm. jars, they'd mm-hmm. call them
0: pickled punks. Yep. You will hear about that or read about that in Geek Glove. Mm-hmm. Great. Great, great, great.
2: But, yeah, I, I, there was all sorts of stuff, uh, and it definitely pushed the limits of what we would consider tasteful. Oh, yeah, by today's destroyed standards.
0: the limits.
2: Yeah. Uh, so on that note, let's discuss some of these physical traits and how they translated into entertainment. Oh, mm-hmm. Lord. So I'm going okay. to, we're going to talk about some people who were uh, sideshow performers. Mm-hmm. With varying levels of agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Um, Okay, so the first guy I want to talk about, if you go to the drive slash go to the blog, I have a photo of him. At least I think I uploaded it. Um, His name is Francesco Lentini, and he was born in Sicily in 1881. He was also born with a third leg... And no, not the kind of third leg you're thinking about, Amanda. Dang it. So please refer to the drive slash the blog for a peek at Frank's almost entirely complete third leg. Wow. So for those listening. The
0: custom uh, pantaloon crafting is exquisite. And I
2: have to wonder, like, the third leg, is it a left foot or a right foot? How do you buy shoes for that?
0: It looks like a right foot. Well, which yeah, one so he's is the like, third? Is the bent knee, the third or the is bent, the center? The bent knee the third. is the third because it's okay. a little bit
2: smaller. Got it. So he's got like two, averaged length legs in mm-hmm. where you would expect those legs to be, and then on his right side there's like a there's a third leg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a third leg. He also he's reportedly had a, it. By the
0: way, he, he also yeah, reportedly a had a man. second.
2: Sent A second set of fully
0: functioning genitalia.
2: I'm sorry, what?
0: Yeah. You said (laughs) it wasn't that kind of leg.
2: Well, he's got a third literal leg and then also a second penis.
0: (laughs) Holy shit. I don't know how big it was.
2: Does it matter? Okay, this is my favorite little tidbit. The extra appendages were a result of a twin whom Francesco absorbed in the womb. I was literally just going to ask
0: that because that's like the most common source of these. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even know what to say. Developments? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's so, amazing. I wish I had a twin I ate in the womb. I'm so bummed that I don't. You
2: don't know that you didn't. So yeah, someday you might, you might get a tumor, and they're going to remove it. And it's going to be full of teeth and hair. Yep. Yep. True. And then you'll God cast it in epoxy and make a paperweight out of it.
0: I will never <laughs> stop dreaming. Thank you. <laughs> you do need a twin you <laughs> to in the womb. <laughs> Kenyon's unyielding support. <laughs>
2: Okay, so over time, Frank accepted his body because he really, when he was growing up, for apparent reasons, he was very insecure. I, th- I believe he lived sure. in a special home for people with disabilities. Uh. Um, but he found that his he could do a lot of cool shit with his extra leg. He'd like do his tricks in the sideshow, would be like. Uh, well, like various running and jumping and kicking balls and like things like that, but with mm-hmm. three legs. Yeah. So, so over over time, he accepted his body and led a very successful and well respected career in the circus. He was like a famous circus guy. Love it. So, some other anomalies that translated into sideshow acts include um, hypertrichosis. Such as Stephen Brabowski, aka the Lion Faced Man. I was going to so say this hybrid- is where you
0: grow a bunch of hair, right? Yeah,
2: um, this I is believe like the there's a picture bearded of Bearded ladies,
0: up. quote unquote, that whole thing.
2: Yes, I think when it comes to women, it is a different condition. It's a different condition. Got it. Um, but this guy, I don't have a picture of him, but he he had very long hair all over his face. Interesting, mm-hmm. all over. Um okay you uh, some acts people who w- were made into acts um also had congenital genu recurvatum such as Ella ha- Harper aka Camel Girl mm-hmm. whose knees bent backwards completely mm-hmm. and she also preferred to walk on all fours it was so more there comfortable is a photo for her of, Yeah there's a photo of her on the blog where I mean Mm-hmm. It's 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 sort of a disturbing image. I mean, so it wasn't it, it, that
1: her knees could bend back; it was that that was the position that they were in. Uh, I believe they they could be
2: they they could bend back. They didn't. They weren't just permanently backwards. Okay, but it was more comfortable for her to have them bent backwards and for her to walk on all fours like that. Okay. But I don't know why they called her the camel girl, because camels, your primary feature is
0: a hump. Yeah, but I think maybe they're referring to her her butt. Yeah. Um, Because, like, the way the curvature of her back is in that position on her all fours, I could see where that comes from. That's true. They also posed her next to an
2: actual camel, which was sort of... Fucking rude.
0: Mm-hmm. Fucking
2: rude. Um, they were also conjoined twins, such mm-hmm. as Chong and Ung Bunker, the original quote-unquote Siamese twins, because they came from what was then Siam, which is today Thailand. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, Microcephaly, such as Schlitzie Surtees. Uh, if anyone has seen American Horror Story, is that what it's called? American Horror Story? Yes. The Freak Show uh, season. season. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a character, I believe, who is modeled after Schlitzie. He was actually extremely famous in his time. He was called the last of the Aztecs, although he was not Aztec. Woof. Um, Why did they really always took a lot have of to liberties. combine,
1: yeah, exactly, they always had to make it, like, not just ableist, but also racist. Also racist, yeah. Yeah. by being, like,
0: from exotic lands. They're like, doubling down. Like Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know, I think Schlipzig was racism. from, like,
0: california or something of course it was purely (laughs) for entertainment purposes like we understand logically why they did that but it was super fucked up yeah yeah so
2: his condition which again was microcephaly made his skull and brain smaller than average which resulted in uh, mental disabilities Mm -hmm. Um, and i read a little more about his whole story he's very fascinating i mean he led a really cool life uh, um, also, Tetra Amelia Syndrome, which is causing a person to be born without limbs, mm-hmm. a la Prince Randian, aka the human torso. And I'm guessing by the way, he prince was Ra- born
1: a literal prince. That they took he, no liberties there. Uh, I hope
2: so. They actually, I couldn't find what his real name was. He was, I th- believe, he was born in India, and he was brought over by like Barnum. Himself.
0: Oh Lord.
2: Yeah. So they called him Prince Randian. Um, his stage name was the Human Torso. Again, his real given name is unknown. Um, he could also speak Hindi, English, French, and German.
0: Damn. Wow. And I can I barely think they speak English. You know. <laughs> uh,
2: I think they had him do things like like roll and light a cigarette on stage with Hear no for it. limbs. I don't know how he did that, but like fucking talent. (laughs) I don't even, yeah, that'd be weird. Um, And then also Ectrodactyly, like Grady Styles, aka Lobster Boy. Oh,
0: yep. If you watch Horror Story, you will definitely know all about the Lobster Boy.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, the actual Grady Styles. Uh, I will not give him any additional credit because he was a murderer and a serial abuser, Mm -hmm. and he's not a good guy. Mm -hmm. Well, he's dead now, but he was not a good guy. Mm -hmm. So to round out my circus segment, I also wanted to touch on a little bit of psychology. Amazing. Mm Amazing. One major classic component of a circus is, of course, clowns. But Ama- as Amanda has undoubtedly reminded us several times throughout the show already, she is not a fan. That is no. written in my notes. <laughs> An irrational fear of clowns is called... It's cul- not irrational. It's not irrational. It's I not mean, irrational. What you have is called coulrophobia. and Great, roughly but 2%, it's not irrational. Roughly 2% of American adults have this... Irrational.
0: Cool. So roughly 98% of American (laughs) adults are irrationally unafraid of clowns when (laughs) they should be rationally afraid of of clowns. Clowns don't
1: bother me. I'm not a fan. I'm going to admit, not a fan. I mean, I'm
2: not a fan of clowns, but I'm not scared of them. They're pretty pretty creepy. Does
0: M know about your fear of
2: clownophobia? What is it? Colorophobia? It's
0: the only thing about our friendship that I struggle with is that they are a reformed clown mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah reformed reformed <laughs> oh, recovering <okay>. clown <laughs> they're in recovery
2: <laughs> oh my god okay remember the rash of creepy clown sightings in yes. like 2016 2017 ish yeah Amanda does do we need to talk further <laughs> about it yeah I have great. several more paragraphs of clowns oh, great. So several more take paragraphs great great take your take your Lexapro for real this was not the first time that there has been a wave of clown sightings it's happened before uh, including in and around Boston in the 1980s so they're basically just following Amanda
1: (laughs) (laughs) Connecticut in the 1990s forget about it Minnesota (laughs) in the 2000s oh my
0: god I don't like this if you're if this is if you're I don't like this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't.
2: Um so it's a form of mass hysteria usually sparked by incidents that are witnessed only by children, weird. Oh. And then of course,
0: oh no. And then
2: of course often propagated by real people with a sick sense of humor. Like once people start talking about it, there's gonna be teenagers out there that are like, yeah, let's let's bring let's this baby it. home. Teenagers you know? or you? Yeah. I mean, I was once a teenager.
1: I would still do this mainly to freak out Amanda. You are. A I would do monster. it to Amanda
2: for sure. Yeah. Stop, you guys. Uh- <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> One theory is that children's hospital wards tend to be decorated with clowns, Hate which of it. course has the opposite effect than intended. So children associate clowns with pain and doctors and scariness and oh, their, where God. are my parents and you know <laughs> why do I feel sick and things like that. Yeah. It's also possible that the capture of John Wayne Gacy in the 1970s cemented yep. the evil clown trope in the American subconscious. Mm-hmm. Uh, a- after that pop culture kind of grabbed the baton and ran with it. it. Stephen King Stephen King Ugh. published it and was with a subsequent it. movie about it, blah blah blah, now it's just a Hollywood trope. Mhm. Mm-hmm. On a deeper level, psychologically speaking, we can associate um, what we find creepy, like anything creepy, we can kind of associate that with ambiguity. Mm-hmm. So we don't really know how we're supposed to react to something. Mm-hmm. Um, so clowns, they wear makeup, they disguise their identity, they warp and exaggerate their emotions, yep. they're mischievous and unpredictable. We don't yeah. really know how to react to a clown.
1: Yeah, that's I, true. I've, and I've we been can't telling like you read this their
0: reactions. for decades. Yeah. In a sure. study of this over, is news to me.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. In a study of over 1,300 men and women of all ages, they found a way to rate certain behaviors on a scale of creepiness. And the following is from a Psychology Today article. Mm-hmm. Um, quote, the results indicate, indicate from this study that people we perceive as creepy are much more likely to be male than female, as are most clowns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That unpredictability is an important component of creepiness, and that unusual patterns of eye contact and other nonverbal behaviors
1: set off our creepiness detectors. Mm, This all is making a lot of sense. I'm very glad that you broke it down like this. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So unusual or strange physical characteristics, such as bulging eyes, a peculiar smile, or inordinately long fingers didn't... They did not alone um, cause us to perceive uh, someone as creepy, but the presence of of weird physical traits can amplify other creepy tendencies that a person may exhibit. And then of course, when you're thinking back to this traumatic incident of a clown, you're not thinking, wow, his eye movement was really unsettling. You're like, wow, his fucking nose and mouth were too close to
0: me. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So so it might be the non it mm. might be the nonverbal and more subtle cues that actually make us feel creeped out by clowns, but it's their physical appearance that really sticks in our minds.
1: Okay, that makes perfect sense, actually, because so much of our communication is nonverbal, and yeah. we pick mm-hmm. up so many cues from mm-hmm. like facial characteristics and muscle movements and ticks and stuff. But all of that is masked by like exaggerated makeup and like weird face movements.
2: Ugh! And, and especially is this part when clowns are. Yet? especially when clowns are like at a circus and trying to make kids feel better, and they're usually they're almost always in a context that's like happy fun, that adds to the creepiness. I, I just
1: associate it. chaos. Yeah, like to me, clown equals chaos.
0: And yes, it's the just- music is chaotic. Yeah, the surroundings are chaotic. That's like Their I have hated makeup. clowns since going to a Barnum and Bailey circus when I was like six. Because yeah. my dad's company got, like, tickets to this shit. We were way up close, and they are fucking in your face, and I just... It's overstimulating. I, it's, it's too loud. Much. It's, it's just scary. Hated it. Fucking yeah. hated it.
2: So I'm not right. saying you should have this irrational fear of clowns, but I understand why you do. And now we all do.
0: Yep. Yeah. So that's my seg. Well, Good job. perfect because I would really love to talk about Talkspace. <laughs> <laughs> Texting my therapist right now for fucking real.
2: We all need someone to talk to, a person who can support us through rough patches or even the everyday ups and downs of life, or maybe a summer long tour for your podcast.
0: <laughs> and that is where Talkspace comes in. Mm-hmm. Talkspace is so convenient and easy to use. You do not have to wait for your next appointment to talk about what's on your mind with Talkspace. You can send unlimited messages to your dedicated therapist from the privacy of your device from anywhere at any time of day. I can definitely attest to my 3 a.m. texts to Emily that yep. she then typically responds to the next day because not everybody's awake at 3 in the morning but sometimes you get those thoughts in your head and it's hard to remember them a month later at an hour-long appointment so having that option has been so life-changing for me and if you're having a tough time you can always schedule a live video session with your therapist for extra support which I have also done and it's awesome absolutely love this service
1: absolutely everybody needs therapy and Talkspace is for everybody. Talkspace has more than 5,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing the challenges that we all face. To match with your perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use the code GALS, G-A-L-S, to get $65 off your first month and show your support for the show. That is GALS, G-A-L-S, at Talkspace.com. Treat your
0: brain. it. Native creates simple, effective products that people use in the bathroom every day, and it works. Do not hold back. Native can hang with your workout, your busy mom life, your 16-hour day. You can test it out and tell everyone how much it works and how it's so important to use a deodorant that's made with clean ingredients. Cannot stress this enough. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love my Cucumber Mint Native deodorant. It doesn't have like parabens or dyes. It smells Mm -hmm. really nice. And I was really nervous about using something that wasn't an antiperspirant, but now I absolutely will never go back. I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not the only person who loves It. They have over 8,000 five-star reviews. You can check them out on the Today Show, Women's Health, L, Good Morning America, Pop Sugar, Nylon, Hello Giggles, and more. Those kind of testimonials cannot be beat. Mm-hmm. The fact that Amanda
1: still smells fresh yeah. after a live show using native. <laughs> <laughs> This is the testimony
0: you need. That's a big deal.
1: Um, Native also uses ingredients that you know because they believe less is more. So they have fewer and simpler ingredients so you know everything that's in their deodorant. Mm -hmm. And it is so worth it. So aluminum may be linked to some serious health ramifications. And although Native is priced at a slight premium when compared to like conventional deodorants, it is safe and effective. So it's worth it. Um, And they have something for everyone. comes in a wide variety of enticing scents for all folks, plus they release new limited edition seasonal scents throughout the year, so Uh that's fun, and they also offer an unscented formula and baking soda-free formula for those with sensitivities, which I really appreciate. I love that. Um, Some of their classic deodorant scents include coconut and vanilla, which is the most popular one, Mm. also lavender and rose, also cucumber and mint, which Amanda has, and I have eucalyptus and mint. And it is no risk to try, so they offer free returns and exchanges in the USA. And you can subscribe and save 17%, so that is two dollars per stick, and have Native conveniently delivered to your door every 1, 2, 3, 4, 4 months. So you save that two bucks. Love it. We love Native. So
2: for 20% off your first purchase, visit NativeDeodorant.com and use the promo code Gals during checkout. Again, that's 20% off your. Your first purchase go to native and use the promo code gals during checkout treat your
1: pit
0: trio yeah.
1: okay so my case is super dark and sad per use shocker <laughs> so until recently 23 year old James Michael Wright, worked as a subcontractor for the James H. Drew Exposition, a traveling carnival that Mm -hmm. works its way up and down the east coast of the United States. Mm -hmm. And I just made the executive decision that carnival
0: and circus are the same thing. Literally exactly the same. We are on the same page. Okay, they're
1: fine. I'll allow it. This carnival includes a selection of kiddie rides, including a balloon wheel, carousel, super slide, and circus train, as well as other attractions like the Zugvogel, which is a 90-foot tall swing tower.
0: No, thank you. Also, the Black Forest. Mm -hmm. I also hate rides. The What Forest?
1: The Black Forest, which is a... (laughs) It's a real place. Settle down. It's a German-themed fun house.
0: The The What What Forest? (laughs) Don't like it. I didn't hear what she said. I got very concerned.
1: And, of course, the Clown House Glass House, which is a giant mirror maze with clowns.
0: Are you fucking kidding me? No. Nope. <laughs> I'm locking Amanda in there. No, you're not. <laughs> you're a bad person, and I don't want to be your friend anymore.
1: <laughs> oh, have you right. seen, well, um, uh, what's that the, the new horror movie? Us? Yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't seen it yet. I'm it's so
2: excited to see it. It's
1: so freaking good. It's so good. Okay. Anyway, giant mirror maze is all I have to say. Stop. Stop. So technically, <laughs> right? You don't have to say it. <laughs> was employed by a company named Pony Express, and Hate part it. of his job included giving pony rides to children at the carnival.
0: Okay, this doesn't mean he was crawling on his back while children rode on him. No, he like led the ponies around. There were horses. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I have to be clear and very sure because Kenyon finds some dark shit. (laughs) I appreciate the clarification
1: questions. Some more factoids about James Michael Wright. One of his biceps bore a tattoo of crisscrossing guns with the words in script, quote, freedom isn't free.
0: Okay. Freedom isn't free. Has anyone seen Team America? (sighs) Yeah. Great. The puppets? Yep. There's uh, there yeah. are photos on the blog
1: of some of this stuff that I'm describing. So if you want to go Team America, take a look. No, of his bicep tat. Oh, his nickname. Ooh, he's proud of it. His nickname amongst his friends was Tater. Oh God! <laughs> and has anyone heard the Ron White comedy sketch about the Tater? They caught the Tater.
0: No. no.
1: Oh God, it's funny. Okay. And the tater seemed to have an interest in guns and hunting. Many of his social media posts feature him posing with weapons, including in a Family Guy t-shirt I that read... I see that, and I am
0: <sighs> so offended.
1: I brought the <laughs> awesome... What did you bring? Ugh.
0: I hate oh, him so much.
1: Just boy. wait. According to Wright's Facebook profile, his likes include Donald and Ivanka Trump... Stone okay. Cold Steve Austin and numerous pages devoted to gun enthusiasts.
0: He I al- mean, Stone Cold Steve Austin, I get.
1: <laughs> yeah. I
2: think I like Stone Cold Steve Austin on, mm-hmm. on Facebook. I also just called him Steven Austin. So <laughs> yeah, yeah he, heard it. he did. We you all did. heard it.
1: <laughs> he also once shared a drawing of a car with a Confederate flag license plate and has also Great. like referred to himself as like a rebel Like confederate rebel.
0: It's our heritage. Ugh.
1: So he flies a full-size flag from the back of his pickup truck.
0: A thousand percent. Mm. Okay.
1: Under professional skills, he lists shooting, and the cover graphic reads, I come, I fuck shit up, I leave. I mean... Which is not even... I contribute
2: to society.
1: (laughs) Not even the right formulation of... That I know. He's
0: blowing it. Okay. He's
1: blowing it. But according to his high school principal and counselors, he never got into major trouble in school. He doesn't have a criminal record. And people who knew him well said that he was not a violent guy. So Mm, just a big old dummy. Wrap your head around all of that. It's unclear how long Wright had been a carny, but once a carny, always a always carny. Always a carny. Mom <clears throat> still
0: cries when she sees a tilt-a-whirl or a fat lady in a tube tap.
1: <laughs> Is carney appropriate? Probably not. Uh, for this guy, I'm calling him a carny.
0: Go for it. <laughs>
1: Fuck this guy. <laughs> All okay. right. Okay. But his work did afford him the opportunity to kill at least three young women within an 18-day period. Oh, great. What the fuck? In May 2019, so as we record this, because this comes out in August, but we're recording this before our tour. Right. Um, So this is like a brand new story. Wright totaled his pickup truck by veering across the center line straight into a school bus. Jesus (laughs)
0: Lord.
1: Unclear whether or not he was impaired at the time. Uh, And this little Fast and the Furious segment landed... How uh, dare you compare them? I will not allow it. Landed him in the emergency room, and soon detectives would come a-knocking. But they weren't so much interested in the crash as they were in the trail of missing women left in Wright's wake.
0: Jesus Christ!
1: Did anyone get hurt when he hit a fucking school bus? He, besides him, he got pretty fucked up. I didn't read anything about the other so driver no, like, or children, children died or anything. No, no. Okay. Um, family members of 25-year-old Athena Hobson last saw her getting into Wright's truck on March 17th. Wright had hired the young woman to clean his mobile home in rural Mendota, Virginia. Okay. Wright claimed that clean ap- your own fucking mobile home. <laughs> yeah. Dick. Wright claimed that after the job was done, he dropped her back off at her home in Johnson City, Tennessee, 45 miles away the following day. Because everyone has their maid sleepover. Yeah. yeah. And also drives- Forty-five them. miles isn't that far. Mm-hmm. <sighs> the only problem is no one saw Athena return and no one has seen her since. I don't like that. Athena's cousin and mother filed a missing persons report on March 21st. In mid-April, investigators from Tennessee looking into Athena's disappearance visited Wright's mobile home in Virginia. So it took them a little bit of time because they had to, like, get the appropriate authority, I think, to go to his property in another state. He answered the door in a wheelchair as he was still recovering from his car wreck, but he gave them permission to search the home. And during that search, they discovered multiple items belonging to other missing women.
0: Oh, my Lord. Including... don't keep anything, you fucking idiot. These fucking Uh, trophy collectors,
1: it grosses me out. I know, that's how they all get caught. Well, this guy is not a criminal mastermind, let me tell you. Uh, mm. Including it's the Family Guy shirt that gave it away. Yeah, <laughs> items from 22-year-old Elizabeth Van Meter, who's also of Tennessee, and 17-year-old Joycelyn Alsup of Cobb County, no. Georgia. 17. Ugh. Yeah, and her name is spelled. It's spelled like it should be pronounced Joycelyn, but I've also seen it spelled differently as just Jocelyn. Mm. In in some reporting. Um, but let's go with Jocelyn. Yeah. I mean, I think the correct spelling is with joy at the front because that's the more common one I've seen, but I'm just pointing it out. Um, investigators weren't initially aware that both of these young women were also missing, but oh, they God. so they found items belonging to other women with their names on them. Whoa. I'm guessing it was like a driver's license or something, but they wouldn't specify. So, investigators followed up with police departments in their respective hometowns and came to the grim realization that they could very well have a serial killer on their hands. Because they were like, hey, I found this from this woman named Elizabeth Van Meter. And they're like, yeah, she's been missing since whatever. No bueno. So at that point, police in Virginia obtained search warrants for Wright's mobile home and his totaled truck. Good. On Wright's property, they soon found Athena Hobson's cell phone. I think that was in the truck. (sighs) And two dead bodies. Oh, my God. Jesus. Well, that escalated. Later identified as Elizabeth Van Meter and Joyce Lynn Alsup. And as of recording this, so on May 29th, 2019, investigators have not recovered Athena Hobson's body. The t- Jesus. The 22 caliber rifle Wright allegedly used in all of the killings was recovered from his grandfather's property. When confronted with the evidence, James Michael Wright changed his story. I'm and shocked. <laughs> admitted to shooting each of the women but claimed they were all accidents. Oh, great. (laughs) What a fucking moron. The sheriff said during a news conference that this was hard to believe. Yeah. Yeah. He said that he, quote, tripped and fell, which caused him to accidentally shoot Athena in the head on March 17th.
0: He ran into my knife. He (laughs) ran into my knife ten times.
1: Just wait. Then another oopsie occurred. Would you believe it? (laughs) On the way to take Athena's body to the hospital, her remains fell out of his truck, down an embankment, and into a river. Oh.
2: oh, oh, yeah. It's a classic problem Whoops. that yes. one has. It happens all the time. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> if I had a nickel.
1: <laughs> and just 10 days earlier, another horrible accident befell Wright when he took home the 17-year-old daughter of a fellow carnival worker, Joyce Lynn Alsup. Wright claims that he and Joycelyn had consensual sex in the woods behind his mobile home, but then he quote tried to shoot an animal in the woods and shot tried her to catch our dinner by mistake.
0: No. 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 Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. So
2: you have sex you're having sex in the woods, you finish up, you see a squirrel, you pull out your gun, you accidentally shoot the woman you just had sex with. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it lines up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, though no, this, a uh, tale is old as time. Mm-hmm. Right. 10 days
1: after accidentally killing another young woman.
0: Sure, 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 sure. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep.
1: So he then covered the teenager's body with brush um, and maybe a tarp and left it in the woods and never told her father about the unfortunate mishap despite working with him, and I think they'd worked together for like four years. Yuck.
2: Well, he didn't want to move the body. He didn't want to risk it falling out of his truck again and into the river. That's yeah, right. I remember
1: last time. That's mm-hmm. right. Fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> and Fool me twice. This is get into a new truck. Yeah. The accident thing is what made me decide to go with this case because it was just like, are you fucking kidding me? And before both of these incidents on February 28th, Wright said that he argued with Elizabeth Van Meter, who, while 22 years old, was cognitively disabled and had the mental capacity of a 13-year-old. And that's Mm -hmm. according to her parents and also, like, a legal caretaker. Um, He said that her shooting was also accidental, Although afterwards he buried her body in a shallow grave on his property and made no attempt to notify her parents.
2: A fucking course not. That's what you do when you when there's an
1: accident. Right. hmm Jesus. So Elizabeth has been described as quote kind-hearted and quick to assume other people had only the best intentions. Oh, honey. She was kind of naive, kind of gullible, and it sort of stemmed from that need to be loved by somebody. Oh, my God. Mm. And Athena's, Athena Hobson's cousin, the one who reported her missing, described Athena as a, quote, very loving and caring person. She would give the shirt off her back for anybody, and if she had money, she would give it to them. She didn't deserve this. She cared for everybody. Ugh. None of them deserved it by any stretch. I know. So Elizabeth Van Meter's sister-in-law once met Wright, whom Elizabeth introduced at the time as her boyfriend. And the sister-in-law describes Wright as, quote, one of those down south country boys. He wasn't the smartest person you'd ever met in your life, not the sharpest cran or whatever, but he was very respectful Wow.
2: I mean, you can have a little bit lower IQ. You can not be the brightest person and not fucking go around killing women. Oh, sure. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I'm actually glad that he sounds like a idiot because <laughs> it made mean, I'm, I'm assuming that he's was arrested and will be convicted for this bullshit.
1: Well, fingers crossed, but Wright does not have a criminal record, but he is currently being held without bail in the Southwest Virginia Regional Jail on three counts of capital murder, three counts of using a firearm in committing a murder, and three counts of concealment of a dead body. Mm -hmm. And it's very possible that the prosecution will seek the death penalty in this case. What uh, state is this, Tennessee? Well, two of the victims were from Tennessee, and one was from Georgia. But two of the bodies, two of the remains were found on his property in Virginia. And he is currently being held in Virginia. So I think it'll depend. It might end up being, it'll be three separate trials, I'm guessing. And it might depend, you know, which one. I think... That trials only occur where
2: the crime was committed. So if all three of them were committed in Virginia, there would be one trial in Virginia.
1: It sounds like he was able to get all of the women to his property willingly. Mm-hmm. So then it would be the crime would have taken place in Virginia because it's not sure. a case of kidnapping. Although right. the mm-hmm. 17-year-old was from Georgia... So I don't know what their laws are on, like, you know. She's a minor. She yeah. is a minor, but depending on... Age of on, consent and yeah, yeah, how exactly. willingly she
0: went, like, that could be hard to prove. Yeah.
1: It's also different in a, in every state.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And he was 23. So depending on their laws,
0: it might That's not statutory. That's probably not a statutory, statutory. Yeah. case, yeah. They're close enough in age.
1: I'm not sure. Um yikes. Yikes. So, Joycelyn Alsup's father, the teenager's father, was interviewed by a local news channel and said of Wright, um, who he'd worked with for four years, quote, I hope he dies. He needs to be taken off this world. My daughter ain't living. He shouldn't be living. I Ooh. I don't blame him. Oh, I don't blame him for feeling that way I don't blame him for feeling that way at all. Um, I hope he doesn't do anything stupid well this guy's he's in custody he's in he's in police custody this guy is never getting out of police custody so Good. I don't think the father could do anything to him thank goodness um, well there is that video of that dad who attacked that guy right. in the courtroom
0: yeah and when transporting him, I mean I am not saying that I expect that to happen I'm just saying I I can understand where those like feelings of rage come from and you wouldn't want those to then also ruin your life and bring like further tragedy to your family who's already yeah. going through this horrible thing. Right.
2: It's not that I wouldn't want the dad to harm this guy I just it, it to have that much rage, you know. Yeah, you're right. It can ha- it can la- it can come out in a lot of different ways that are more destructive. Right. It's just just make scary. things worse.
0: It's really scary shit yeah oh that's so sad this is maybe
1: the creepiest part given the nature of the traveling carny life right oh fuck i'd forgotten (gasps) i'd forgotten that police cannot topic police cannot rule out the possibility that james michael wright may have killed many others
0: Oh mm. no. Investigators I didn't even think about that.
1: Are currently working with carnival owners to determine the past locations and time frames of the carnival and cross-checking these with missing persons databases.
0: Holy shit. Cuz yeah, you don't just all of a sudden out of the blue kill 3 women.
1: He killed in 3 in 10 days. In
0: 18, 18 days. days. Yeah, he killed yeah. 3 women in 18 days. Like, That's I'm sorry. That's a spree that would make me think that something else led up to that. Yep. Oh, that's yeah. so scary. And I'm sure they're
1: going to do like a more extensive search of his property and, and other properties that he had access to, I'm sure.
0: Fuck. Yeah. And we may never know because like just the passage of time, the limited resources in a lot of these places that he may have visited. I think you the know, only like,
1: saving grace is that he's only 23. Right. Right. So the time factor is a little bit more limited. Like if this dude had been like 46 and had been working as a carny for 20 years, it'd be like, oh God, Mm -hmm. how many could
0: there be? Wow. That's so scary. Well, thanks. Yeah. At least he's behind bars so I can sleep at night. He is behind bars. the myriad clowns he worked with. Stop.
1: He is is behind bars and there's definitely enough fucking evidence
0: against this fuck. To keep him there. Yeah. Yeah. So, Great. Yeah. Well, take a sponsor break so we can all think of something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes, please. Hooray! Care Of is a subscription service that delivers vitamins and
2: supplements customized for your specific health needs. You take a short quiz, love a quiz, mm-hmm. and answer questions about your diet, lifestyle, fitness, and health goals, and Care Of puts together a personalized plan just for you. So with Care Of, you can get back into a healthy routine. Summer is here, folks. Make health and wellness a priority again. care makes it easy to upgrade your health routine. Mm-hmm. Also, like I said, love a good quiz. Care Of's fun online quiz asks you about your diet, health goals, lifestyle choices. It takes just five minutes to find out your personal scientifically
1: backed vitamin and supplement recommendations. Love mm-hmm. And I am a vitamins and supplements junkie. I love it. But um, it can be really hard to know what vitamins or supplements you specifically should be taking, but Care Of makes it super easy to find out what you specifically need to be your healthiest. And we have been on this long summer Tour It's been super fun, but we've been meeting a lot of people, mm-hmm. hugging a lot of a lot, of, pink <laughs> a lot of
0: airports, <laughs> yeah. a lot of
1: airports, and so um, I really needed like some immunity of boosting, immune support all I needed around. some energy, I also have some sensitivity, so I can't have fish oil uh, because I'm allergic, so Care Of just makes it really easy to like have all of my vitamins and supplements and know exactly what I should be taking each day, mm-hmm. and With Care Of, uh, you can make sure what you're putting into your body comes from the best sources, backed by honest guidance and transparency, all available to you on their website.
0: They are truly amazing. And for 25% off of your first Care Of order, just go to TakeCareOf.com and enter our promo code GALS. Again, that gives you 25% off of your first Care Of order by going to TakeCareOf.com and entering the promo code GALS. Treat yo bod. Trade it. With HelloFresh,
1: America's number one meal kit, Get easy, seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. And all you have to do is cook and enjoy. So say goodbye to the endless grocery store trips. Uh, Hate it. Grocery store shopping is one of my biggest pet peeves. I can't deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and takeout food, not healthy.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, because HelloFresh has you covered.
0: Seriously, as a single person who lives alone, my takeout game was really depressing. Yeah. <laughs> and HelloFresh really helped me break out of my dinner they have 17 seasonal chef curated recipes every week so amazing i can't even pronounce it and there's something for everyone from family recipes to calorie smart and vegetarian and fun menu series like hall of fame and craft burgers oh my god i've eaten so many of those amazing burgers this month this month but i recently made the charred corn elote bowl because like it's summer and corn is super in season and i love that they will make seasonal things that are actually fresh Mm -hmm. and amazing and this had farro which I love a faro grain bowl. It's Mm -hmm. so filling, gives you all that energy. Spiced pepitas, hello. Chipotle lime dressing, I cannot even. Mm. I am like foaming at the mouth just thinking about it. Hello Fresh. Yeah, (laughs) for real.
2: And Hello Fresh is so flexible. They can fit your lifestyle if you're just feeling like, maybe you weren't eating so great the last couple weeks. Maybe I'm going to switch to a vegetarian plan. They can do that. You can easily change your delivery days, your food preferences. You can skip a week whenever you need to. It it works for you. It fits your lifestyle. So for $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com forward slash gals80 and enter that code GALS80. So one more time, that's 80 bucks off your first month of HelloFresh. Go to hellofresh.com forward slash GALS80,
0: enter that code GALS80. Mm, Treat your kitchen. Treat it. You know, I think there's something all of us can agree on and that is nurses, doctors, dentists, and people who work in medicine and healthcare in general are pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and all of us can think of a time when a medical professional helped us or a family member, literally my aunt, calling me in a subscription for pink guide meds while we're on the road. <laughs> She's an incredible nurse practitioner. And these amazing people dedicate their lives to caring for and serving others. So shouldn't these amazing people wear scrubs that make them feel good? Because we should think so. Uh, yeah, they've earned it. Mm-hmm. For
2: sure. Figs creates the highest quality medical apparel so that medical professionals look their best, feel their best, and perform their best every day. That's pretty important. Mm -hmm. Every set of figs is antimicrobial. Mm. They protect from germs and bacteria. They're ridiculously soft, moisture wicking, and they also feature four-way stretch. I personally, I am not a medical professional, but I have the Zamora jogger scrub pants. And let me tell you, that waistband, oh, I can sit on the floor all day like the medical professional. I am not. I can flip (laughs) your husband and help change him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if they're... It, they're ridiculously comfortable. Also, Figs are made with yoga waistbands and come in a variety of styles, from classic straight leg to joggers and skinny styles. They're so cute. They come in all these colors. Mm-hmm. There's something for everyone. Love they're it. really cute at the airport too. Just uh-huh. saying. Ugh. Yeah. Uh,
1: so whether you are one of the awesome humans that works in healthcare or someone that wants to say thanks to those uh, deserving folks, Figs is going to make that easy by providing you with 15% off your first purchase by using our code gals g a l s so get ready to love your scrubs
0: oh uh, we do want some scrubs oh, yes.
1: yes um head to wearfigs.com that's w e a r f i g s.com and enter our code gals g a l s at checkout
0: treat yo medical professionals freedom are we ready to go on down to poodle town <laughs> i'm so but ready for a never poodles. ask yeah, I pulled a real Kenyan today, <laughs> and this is a nice... This is a doozy. It's a long one. So settle in. Take your meds. Mm-hmm. tip Take back your cough syrup. Yep. So we are chatting today about Gerard Soules, who was born on August 3rd, 1936. He was born in Canada, but grew up in Detroit, Michigan. And from a young age, he loved the circus and dreamed of being a trapeze artist. And mm. he fucking did it nice (laughs) he had a brother james and a sister kathy the fact that he was gay didn't bother his family and when he came out to his mother it was like he said this in several interviews that uh he was like surprised at their reaction the whole family was super supportive they supported him in everything um amazing and they also supported him following his dreams and he left home at the age of 16 to join the circus He was an absolute star of a trapeze artist with Ringling Brothers Circus, even performing for the Queen of England and had the signature move of a forward somersault off the trapeze, catching the bar again with his heels. Oh my God. I know. He never missed when performing this act until a show in Belgium in 1964 when a near fatal trapeze accident burst his confidence and he retired as a trapeze artist. So from then on, he was like... I can't I'm get out. back up there. Yep. Like six-year-old Kenyan in gymnastics at the gymnasium i'm out out. i i sprained my pinky i'm out this is too dangerous it's the last Um, time kenyon was physically active correct (laughs) loving the circus however he found a new way to be involved in the show by becoming a poodle trainer Fuck yes fuck yes yes and rose back to fame after uh after ringling brothers with his celebrated dog troupe. Poodles de Paris, (laughs) made up of 18 dogs. Oh, God. He traveled with this act for holiday. Get over it. Poodles are immaculate. Poodles reek. I I have never
2: met a poodle that doesn't absolutely reek. You know what? You reek.
0: You both reek. (laughs) I took a shower Um, this morning. He traveled with this act for holiday on ice, ice follies, and the ice capades. Uh, A lot of it was on the ice rink but after years in the rink he retired once again from the rink anyway later getting a long-term show at the circus casino in las vegas wow (laughs) this show i can't get over it's the best it's the best can we go to the drive yet uh almost just wait one more little minute Um, this show at Circus Casino Was great work for Gerard But certainly was less flashy Than the whirlwind circus life He had retired from Night after night Gerard performed with his dogs As part of a lineup of performers Doing free shows On the casino floor Of the Circus Hotel He still brought it though, <laughs> Often dressed elaborately In sequined tails And a matching bow tie Literally Scott But with poodles Um <laughs> <laughs> His poodles hopped on their hind legs Across the stage One in a poncho and sombrero To a Mexican march Okay, no. this was the 60s I know It's creation Much It was another it's time right. it's, It was another time That doesn't excuse it Blame the dogs But it was another time Yes, the dogs were racist It was all the poodles um, idea Another to a can-can with her dress attached to her front paws. She'd like move her little, move her little gown back and forth, Moulin Rouge style. Um, and others wearing three-foot-tall hats or, for Kenyan, giant hoop skirts. Yes. yes. Oh, my All favorite of the outfits thing is hand-stitched by Gerard himself. And now you may go to the drive. Oh. No, to peruse the oodles of poodles oh. that I have provided, oh. as so well bad. as oh my god, there's one of...
1: with bagpipes. Oh, I know. There's one with like <laughs> Scottish dress and bagpipes. It's
0: amazing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> these poodles are so immaculate. They're beautiful. Oh, Passionate oh. poodles. Whoa, the whoa. one with the hoop skirt. Uh, yeah. The hoop skirts are great, but the little, like, the Moulin Rouge, like, showgirl dresses with yeah. the big feathered hats are my favorite. Oh,
2: yeah. Big <laughs>
0: time. Gerard Sewell and his poodles of Petty. The bagpipe. The bagpipes. Uh, that gets deep. They are flawless. Okay. Poodles are redeeming themselves Correct. in my eyes. Um, the show was popular, but Gerard was going through really hard times. His partner of decades had died a few years prior um, mm. to him starting at the Circus Casino, and he never really recovered from it. And on top of that, the Circus Casino wouldn't let Gerard stay in its allocated RV park with all of his poodles. So he was, like, forced to stay at the Silver Nugget RV Park Camperland, which was an absolute North Vegas Dump Oh, So he's like Busting ass Night after night Making these So these dog costumes That you're looking at Gerard made those By hand Oh my Jesus. god Jesus This dude was so Fucking dedicated To his craft And was like Resigned Because he wanted to Stay with his dogs And the circus Wouldn't let all the dogs Be on Like living on the property So he yeah. had to Let's stay Let the man have his poodles Yeah the Poodles know, are so good sad.
1: enough To perform in your
0: lobby But they're not right? good enough they To can stay sleep in your, your camper park. land yeah, fuck you. God damn you. it. So he's staying in Camperland, and it's not great. Um, enter the next character in our story, who actually is the main character of our story, Fred Steese, who on a random day was spotted by Gerard on the side of the road, dirty and disheveled, holding a sign that read, will work for food. Gerard decides to pay it forward with a good deed and offers Aww. to take Fred to get some lunch. Nope, Girard. never do that. Yes. Well, never <clears> do that. But this worked out worse for Fred. Well, oh. no, it didn't work out great for either of them. I guess we'll get to it. It's complicated. Um, so from there, Gerard offered Fred employment as his assistant. He had had a different assistant that he recently had to fire. We'll kind of get to that. Um, and the two were working together and eventually began uh, became romantically involved with each other. But Fred had a troubled past um, in the process of, like, he started sort of working for for Gerard, but the casino required him to have a work permit to, like, work on the premises. So he was trying to attain that work permit to work in the casino, and he was flagged for a parole violation in Florida. Mm. So he was not able to work at the casino given this issue, and he panhandled on the streets and then hopped a train out of the city. Less than a week later, Gerard concerned his boss at the casino when he didn't show up to perform as scheduled. He never missed a show. His boss went to the RV park to check on him, and what he found was shocking. Uh, Gerard's belongings were tossed all over the trailer. Blood soaked his mattress and the entire length of the trailer into the bathroom. In the bathroom, Gerard Jesus. was found naked, his face covered by an orange towel, blood on the bathroom mirror, the counter, the toilet, the tub. Mm. Um, his, his throat had been slashed and he had been stabbed so many times the medical examiner <laughs> stopped counting at 35. Oh, my oh, God. Also, no. yeah. you shouldn't stop counting. No, you can't you stop should, counting. No. I don't think they actually stopped <sighs> counting, but it's like they lost track and after there were like 35 official... Uh, Uh, cuts that they could count, but then like they were starting to cross over each other so much that it's Mm -hmm. like unknown exactly how many times he was stabbed, but it was at least 35 times. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Someone was pissed. Yeah. But it was likely like over a hundred times.
2: Was there someone else with like a poodle game in town?
0: (laughs) No other poodle game, but well, well, there is, there's, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, Fred quickly became a suspect when a letter from his former lover, Rick Rock, Oh, <gasps> oh was, you just got Rick rocked. You just got Rick rocked. Was found in Gerard's trailer. When contacted, detectives said that Rick Rock told them that Fred Sees had revealed knowledge of a morbid, if not quite accurate, detail of the murder that Gerard Soles had been stabbed more than a hundred times. So the coroner was not able to like exactly pinpoint how many times he'd been stabbed. But Rick is claiming that Fred called him and like gave him that detail over the phone.
1: Right. Which could have been an approximation
0: from Mm -hmm. the stabber themselves. Right. Exactly. It could have been. When detectives finally reached Fred Steese by phone, he agreed to return to Las Vegas. Then he drunkenly hopped a train going in the wrong direction, ending up in Wisconsin, where he stole a semi-truck mm-hmm. and drove nearly 30 hours straight through to Nevada. Oh, well, there don't, there. don't worry, officer. I stole I'll be right this there. truck to get to you. Right. <laughs> Um, In Nevada, he was pulled over and arrested, and um, it's important to note that Fred had an IQ of about 70, which placed him at the lowest end of the normal range and was absolutely exploited during his questioning. That doesn't mean that he didn't break some fucking laws here, but this case was not handled well. Um, Pressured by police and being screamed at for lying, Fred started to tell several different stories about what happened the day of Gerard's murder. And after about five hours of interrogation, Fred signed a confession. It was his sixth version of events. And at the time the confession was signed, he hadn't slept since before he left Wisconsin. So it had been about three days since he'd gotten sleep. Oh
1: my God. If I hadn't slept in three days, you could get me to sign
0: anything. Literally anything just so I could go to bed, even if that meant in a jail cell. Yep. Yeah. So... About 2 years later in 1995 Fred's case finally goes to trial to trial. This is in the um, 90s? Yeah.
1: The <laughs> 1990s. The
0: 1990s. Why? Yeah, look at the photos, the poodles. Yeah. He was killed in like 92 or 93 and this trial started in 95. I just was the picturing pres- a different ancient circus times. Yeah. Yeah. Ancient the press was having a field day with the case of the, quote, slain poodle king. And <laughs> oh, Fred's defense team had assembled 14 witnesses and 10 items of documents. 14 documented- witnesses, 10 of whom were poodles. I wish. <laughs> no, this is his, This is his defense team. These are oh. prosecution oh. witnesses. They are uh, the ones that test, they're the character testifying. We'll exactly. They're experts Um, and 10 items of documented evidence to support Fred's alibi and were confident that this would prove he was several States away in Idaho at the time of Gerard's murder. So ironclad, right? Probably not. This case wouldn't be six pages long if it were ironclad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, unfortunately for Fred, he had a brother named Robert and the two looked a lot alike. The prosecution came into the court with a theory It wasn't Fred in Idaho That all these witnesses had seen It was Robert Mm. And it was all part of a grand scheme To give Fred an alibi for this murder The witnesses who thought they had met Fred in Wyoming and in Idaho Had really met Robert, the brother, the lookalike Then the real Fred had Hightailed it to Idaho after the murder To be like, yeah, I was there Mmm The trial quickly became an absolute pile of bullshit on the side of the prosecution. A 70-year-old witness for Fred's alibi signed a sworn affidavit that prosecutors had attempted to keep her from testifying, Mm. that two witnesses for the prosecution had indeed picked Fred out of a lineup that included Robert, but they they picked Fred. Like, they were like, no, that's the person we saw in Idaho, even though Robert was... They were brothers, but they weren't twins. They were not twins. Yeah. And granted, some of these lineups uh, where, like, Robert was included were photo lineups. Mm -hmm. So that can make it a little bit tougher than um, seeing them in person. Mm -hmm. But a couple of the witnesses in photo lineups where they included Robert were able to pick out Fred Mm -hmm. and confirm that they had seen him in Idaho to to support his alibi. Okay. Um, And the prosecution was... Uh, involved in like that that lineup picking like they were there Um, and this undercuts their theory that witnesses had seen Robert and mistaken him for Fred and they did not bring that information to trial in an attempt to conceal it like they it was it was prosecution trying to get witnesses to see Robert in those photos Mm -hmm. but they picked out Fred instead and then they just never called those witnesses and they never gave that information to the defense because they just didn't want to fuck up their theory right The prosecution also prepared their quote, star witness, um, a neighbor of Gerard named Michael Moore, no relation, um, ever heard of him. He was working on a poodle documentary. He was working on a poodle documentary (laughs) called bowling for poodles. Yeah. Um, So they prepared him with a quote misleading photo array that led Michael to identify Fred as having been seen at Gerard's trailer, the night of the murder. Even though in early interviews with police, he had described a man who was short, who had red hair and was balding. So nothing like Fred, you can actually go to the drive slash blog and you can see um, a photo of Fred. He's it's black and white, but there's also like an inlay of his, um, Mm -hmm. his mugshot. Yeah. He's pretty he's, ripped. He's yeah, he's not short. His hair in the color photo, I guess you could say is a little bit reddish, but it's mostly brown. He's Definitely certainly not, not balding. Bald. Yeah. No, he's just he doesn't fit that description at all in my opinion. Um so Yeah, clearly not him. And this description actually fit a previous assistant of Gerard's who had been convicted of a jewelry heist shortly after the murder Mm. and had been deported back to his homeland of Russia. Mm. And this lead was never further explored. I don't want to put all the blame for that on, like, investigators or prosecutors or defense, because when someone has been deported... Yeah, it's really hard. You have to, like, really work hard with these other governments for them to even, like, comply with any oh, yeah. of that shit So I understand why that lead wasn't followed But that person Perfectly apparently Matches the description of the man That Michael saw the night Of the murder like leaving Gerard's trailer mm-hmm. Dang. And he was the sort of Like disgruntled employee that Gerard Had had to let go Right. So that makes a lot more sense To me um, But I guess we'll never know So Fred's defense team found out Found themselves filing motion after motion to dismiss for quote outrageous prosecutorial misconduct to no avail. Each motion kept getting dismissed by court judge Don Chares, who was a rookie in his first year on the bench and looking to prove himself, so he didn't want to like toss out this big case. Um, The prosecution leaned hard into their Robert the Brother theory, even though they never even brought Robert into court to testify. So the jury never even got to see Mm -hmm. Robert in the flesh in the same room with Fred. They just saw photos of him. Uh Most of Fred's alibi witnesses were accused of lying, and they also insinuated that documentation, which they're referring mostly to... Um, a very specific document, which was a Salvation Army sign-in sheet that Fred had signed in while staying in one of their facilities in like either Wyoming or Idaho in the time frame of the murder. Mm-hmm. So I think if you use some of their services for like staying overnight you're supposed to sign in and out and it had fred's information on it and the prosecution's like well that could just be falsified like the jury shouldn't believe everything you see you know I mean, someone could have written his name props
1: to that defense attorney for coming up with this like far-fetched seed of doubt defense i mean prosecution
0: this is all the prosecution right that right they're right, saying. right right yeah um and like yeah but also the way they're doing it is not really supported by any solid evidence which is what's frustrating about it um and they kept pushing that the jury should staunchly trust fred's confession which was like absolutely done under duress and if even if it wasn't coerced, like those conditions alone are mm-hmm. not good for getting a confession um the jury deliberated for two days before returning with a guilty verdict and fred was sentenced to two life sentences without parole Not wanting to stop fighting and truly believing their defendants' innocence, the defense team continued to search for evidence that would clear Fred. After years of not being able to officially connect with uh, Gerard's, or no, sorry, Fred's former lover, Rick Rock, he finally agreed to talk with them. It turns out Rick had phone records aligning with the timeline of Gerard's murder that would prove that Fred had called him from Idaho (gasps) and couldn't have been anywhere near Las Vegas at the time. Rick was also surprised that the defense was so interested in this evidence because he said he had already handed over that information to the prosecution in the original trial. Oh, who never disclosed that they had it. Um, And if we have any serial fans out there, this will sound very familiar because the U.S. Supreme Court in the landmark case Brady versus Maryland. Long ago established that prosecutors must turn over any evidence favorable to the defense. Withholding mm-hmm. it violates a defendant's right to a fair trial. Mm-hmm. Um, so including the defense, including cell phone tower pings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the defense quickly filed a motion asking the judge for a brand new trial and also asking for the prosecution team to be sanctioned to keep them from ever doing shady bullshit like this again. Both prosecutors claimed that the records were irrelevant because they said that Rick rock told them that those calls were from business associates. They're claiming that he never said they were from Fred, even though he definitely fucking did. Why
1: would you care about this dude's phone calls from business associates
0: in Idaho at that time? Exactly. No, you wouldn't care. And that's another reason why the defense was like, I'm calling bullshit on that. Um, because there were a lot of reasons why it should have been obvious that that wasn't true. Even if that was what Rick had said. Mm -hmm. Um, especially since Rick had made a Western union money transfer to one of Fred's alibi witnesses on the same day that he had received four of the collect calls from Fred. Um, so like one of those alibi witnesses, I believe was a friend of Fred's and he was getting money through him from his ex lover, Rick. Mm -hmm. Um, so like Rick in theory would have every reason to know why he's sending that money and why he's sending it to that specific person to help Mm -hmm. his friend, Fred. Mm -hmm. Um, after Fred was arrested on June 18th, the only collect calls that Rick received were from the county jail, so up to 8 a day. So it's like, okay, these two random calls that you're saying are from a business associate are from him, but then the, all the follow-up calls yeah, are, are all of a sudden from the state pen. Basically, like it doesn't make sense. Um, and then the prosecution tried to walk it back by saying that the records showed that Rick quote wasn't telling us everything he knew. But they had flown him home and never mentioned the phone records to the defense, which is shady as fuck. Like even if they were getting weird misinformation, yeah, you still have why to would it never close it? Right. So the Nevada State Bar did investigate this prosecution team and brought them up for an official hearing, which apparently rarely ever happens. So that was like they were really hopeful. The defense was really hopeful that this would get overturned out of Brady violation. But hotshot lawyer Stuart Bell stepped up to represent them and apparently crushed it because the matter was dropped, and those prosecutors went on to carry out very cush careers as DA elites. Mm. Hmm. Um, the Supreme court denied Fred's appeal in 1998 in a three to two decision, arguing that the case against him was strong and that there had not been a Brady violation because the defense could have found the phone records on their own. But the two who dissented firmly believed that prosecutors had skirted the rules and thought Fred's conviction should be overturned. But with the nays ruling out, Fred sat in maximum security prison for 21 years. Wow. Meanwhile, Oh Jesus! Twenty-nine-year-old Abigail Goldman, an investigator for the Federal Public Defenders Office in Las Vegas, continued to hunt for Fred's mysterious look-alike brother, Robert, mm-hmm. when she had joined the force she had gotten like a stack of cases that were like, these are technically closed, but they're a little weird. And like, even just for fishy. Yeah. Even just for like research purposes, you might want to look into them. And she had stumbled upon Fred's case and it never sat right with her. She like read through this. It was Mm -hmm. like, this is not, this doesn't make any fucking sense. Mm -hmm. And she believed Fred to be innocent. In 2011, a judge had agreed to re-examine Fred's alibi on the condition that Robert could be found. So, goldman with nothing more than a three-year-old address in idaho to go on like went to hunt for him and she contacted the trailer park manager there who gave her a small clue that robert's wife that like he didn't know where they lived now but did know that robert's wife worked worked at the local office depot so they worked yeah worked worked. worked worked. (laughs) me too So uh, Goldman decided to stake that shit out, Joy. So she had been watching the store for almost a full day. Um, earlier she had crisscrossed Nampa, Idaho, the town, um, to link two phone numbers from Rick Rock's records to the pay phones that Fred said he had used, just kind of retrace his tracks. Um, but she knew that that wasn't enough because the pro- prosecutors could still argue that Robert had made those calls. So she had to fucking find Robert.
1: Why didn't Robert, so, was Robert aware that this was all going on with his brother? Like, why didn't he like rock up to the courthouse and be like, Hey, I'm
0: here. We'll get to that. Because oh. he's fucking guilty. He's <laughs> in on it. Uh, no, but there's there's like a sort of touched upon reason okay. that explains that. It was the poodles. It was the poodles. Mm-hmm. And that's my segment. Just kidding. So several sweaty hours into staking out the Office Depot, a dark haired woman in the telltale red polo of an Office Depot employee hurried out who matched the description she had of Robert's wife. So she tailed behind her at the roaring speed of three miles per hour. This woman drives like I do. I, I appreciate Correct. it. Oh, my and God. Oddly I was enough, screaming at someone this morning for driving that slow. I believe it. It wasn't me. I'm not in town, and I drive like a demon. Okay. Yeah, you drive like a bat out of hell. It so wasn't you. The slow-motion chase, oddly enough, ended at the scene of a car accident down the street where... Goldman noticed that one of the drivers In the accident looked a lot like Fred Stice nope. I was like oh shit that's gotta be Robert So yeah. she jumps out of the car And runs up to this guy Totally randomly like, Yes totally randomly Who had happened to get into a car accident Like had to have been minutes before Cause oh. like police had just shown up On the scene and she's like approaching him and saying, "Like this is who I am. I really need to talk to you." Yada yada yada. What are the chances? good thing? This lady
2: was driving so slow.
0: I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure why she was driving so slow. Well, she, it's a good thing she was because yeah. if she had been driving any faster, she might have missed that accident. Exactly. But um, Robert and obviously police on the scene trying to deal with this uh, car crash were kind of like waving her off, and she had to walk away. And he had said to her, "Quote: The last time I saw my brother, I was nine years old. I'm 41 now." Mm. Um, he didn't He didn't want anything to do with the case And his wife adamantly told Goldman to go away Goldman realized a few days later That the stakeout was more productive than she had thought though Because the accident report Which she could access as a police officer Listed Robert Sties' current address mm. So now this at least gave Fred Sties' lawyers The opportunity to subpoena him And, and yeah. basically order him to come to court Ooh, interesting. So with new evidence and the hard work of public defender Ryan Norwood, who has dedicated his career to helping wrongfully convicted prisoners get released and essentially sue the government for wrongful imprisonment, which, like, I literally cannot imagine a harder job. Yeah, the government's just like, lol, nope. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, so few cases actually get that result. Mm -hmm. Like, the first time around, Stephen Avery case was an anomaly in and of itself. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Um, they had an opportunity to show the Nevada Supreme Court that there was new compelling evidence that cast doubt on Fred's conviction. Among other pieces of evidence, lookalike brother Robert was the real key. The prosecution had staked their entire case on the fact that Robert had been in Idaho, where Fred claimed to have been at the time of Gerard's murder, and that undermined all of Fred's alibis. Well, Mm -hmm. a National Crime Information Center report on Robert Steese showed that on May 25th, June 1st, and June 4th of 1992, which is like the time frame of of Gerard's murder, Mm -hmm. Texas authorities... had run Robert's name through the system, which typically occurs when an individual is stopped by police. So routine traffic stops. He was probably speeding. Maybe he rolled through a stop sign, whatever he got pulled over he on three different drive. days. I know for real fucking seriously. Maybe that's why his wife drives three miles an hour because he's <laughs> getting like so many fucking tickets, <laughs> but three different times he was stopped for traffic violations and three different times in those exact time frames, in he Texas was run through the system in Texas. Mm -hmm. So yeah That would mean Robert Steese was in Texas At the time that the prosecution had argued He was impersonating his brother in Idaho And it looked to Ryan Norwood That the prosecution had this information As well Because they claimed they had scoured the NCIC Reports on Mm -hmm. Robert And that the reports had turned up nothing So they actively lied They actively lied But then also this moment is where I'm like Where the fuck has your defense team been then yeah, Fred Because like if any, if, if your defense team could have gotten this information, like I feel like the ball was dropped on both sides. It was more like blatantly bullshitty on the side of the prosecution, but I don't feel like the defense did everything they could to do their own research and their own investigating to counteract what the prosecution was throwing at them. Right. In my opinion. Right. Right. So now, new hearings begin, spanning sixteen long months. And at the first hearing in June 2011, Robert Steese's former boss, coworkers, and acquaintances from the early 90s all testified that he was in Texas at the time of the murder. And literally laughed at the notion of him hitchhiking or jumping trains, any other like bullshit theory that the prosecution could be right. throwing at them, saying that he was, quote, too lazy and unambitious for that. Preach. <laughs> also,
1: it's <laughs> just so dangerous to like introduce yeah. this, this idea that like, if you have a sibling that looks like you. Yep. Yeah. Th- it, it, <laughs> that it's too much. It's too much. Too much would have to go.
0: are nothing. <laughs> Right. 14 witness. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't make sense. So five months later, Robert sees himself testified telling the court that he hadn't seen Fred since he was a child, had never been to Idaho or Wyoming and didn't so much as know Fred's birthday quote. I didn't even know he was still living. Robert testified. So they had been estranged for a long fucking time. Wow. So even if Robert had been in Idaho, there's no reason that he would be be part of this elaborate plan to even help his brother because they hadn't had a relationship since they were kids right this doesn't make any sense so final arguments were made in october of 2012 while fred was warned that after these arguments the judge could take months to make their decision ryan norwood gave an hour and a half speech this lawyer is so fucking passionate and amazing um as his closing statement that included this excerpt Quote, Robert is a red herring here. The Robert Steece theory, however good it might have looked to the jury, can't be the explanation for what happened because Robert wasn't in Idaho. Later, with an uncharacteristic dramatic flair, Norwood announced At this point, I want to make a confession of my own. I killed Gerard Souls.'" <laughs> He was in high school in Pennsylvania at the time, but at this point, there is precisely as much reliable evidence that I committed this murder as there is that Fred Sties committed the murder. And the prosecution
1: leapt up and decided to
0: charge Norwood (laughs) with the crime. Bailiff, take this man. (laughs) Can you even imagine? Uh, Quote, in fact, I have to say that in some ways that my confession is a little more reliable. I just made this confession in an open court. I didn't make it after spending four hours in a room with two police detectives where who knows what happened. Unlike Fred, I can't prove that I was someplace else on June the 3rd and June the 4th in 1992. What Stice has provided is probably the most extensive alibi that's ever been provided by someone in this state. Yeah, for real. Very real. So expecting the judge to close out the day saying she would be taking time to evaluate all the evidence, Norwood was shocked to hear her say instead that she believed the testimony from Robert and from those who knew Robert who also testified. She said, quote, given everything additional that we now know, I am finding that it is more likely than not that no reasonable juror would have found him guilty beyond a reasonable doubt with that evidence. Mm So, for the Ooh. first time in the 8th Judicial District, a judge would issue an order regarding actual innocence, declaring publicly that Fred Steese had not killed anyone.
1: Wow. But, oh. no. No, <laughs> we are so close. No, we're so Let us close. Have it. Our system <laughs> I need is more Nyquil. fucked.
0: I know, we're so close. More NyQuil. And Fred had run out of time to appeal and there are still like certain processes. Just a judge saying you didn't do it is not the same as then just being released and set free. Right. Um, he'd run out of time to appeal and was suing for denials of his civil rights. So that's the avenue that they kind of had to go through. So the judge's ruling only cleared the way for her to consider the constitutional merits of his case for that, like, for that lawsuit. Um, for Steece's murder conviction to be thrown out entirely, a judge would now have to rule that the prosecutors acted improperly or otherwise failed in their duties. You can't just prove that they're innocent. You also have to prove that the prosecution That the process failed, failed. yeah. Yeah, Correct. the whole case has to be thrown out. Correct. So... Norwood was confident That he would win In such a case Given everything that they had But also knew That Fred's ordeal Would be far from over If they went down that path The state could appeal immediately Which meant that Fred would have to wait For a ruling By the Supreme Court of Nevada And would likely Have to stay in jail While he waits for that Mm -hmm. It could take years Um, If the court came down In Fred's favor The prosecution Could still retry him Oh my god Um, Only after a not guilty ruling Would Fred be fully exonerated and he might not get bailed during this process. So again, through all of the years it takes to even <sighs> go through these courts, he would be sit- still be sitting in jail. Yeah. Yeah. Plus the 20 that he's already been in there at this point. It's like, fuck, he just wants to get out. And the poodles are long dead by now. Poodles are long dead. Oh, they starved to death a long time oh, ago. They didn't starve. Oh. I hope they were adopted. I didn't want to even go down that path. Um, but I assume they were still in the trailer. <laughs> probably. But the prosecution also wasn't too keen on starting over on a now 20-year-old murder case. So, mm-hmm. if we have any staircase fans. Mm-hmm. Yes, an owl. Yes, no. There's it so looks like the best offer to get Fred out of jail was an Alfred plea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here is Alford. a very quick rundown of what that is if people listening have not seen the staircase. And also, I'm almost done with this case. So, after this, watch the fucking staircase. hmm so the Alford plea has been around since a 1970 U S Supreme court case where Henry Alford, a 35 year old black man had said he was innocent of murder, but pleaded guilty to avoid an automatic death sentence. Mm-hmm. He later appealed claiming that his plea was made under duress, violating due process. The Supreme court disagreed. Mm-hmm. The justices ruled that it wasn't unconstitutional to accept a guilty plea despite protests of innocence. So as long as a defendant had intelligently made the decision and was counseled by a lawyer, Um, I don't really understand a whole lot of how that works, but it is what it is. Unlike the better known, no contest plea in which a defendant accepts a conviction without admitting guilt. Mm -hmm. The Alford plea lets a defendant actually assert his innocence for the record. Mm-hmm. So the defendant acknowledges that the state might be able to get a conviction despite his or her innocence. All but three States allow the plea, but the federal government says it should only be used in quote, the most unusual of circumstances. That's why like you don't hear about this shit that often. Mm. The Alfred plea is most often used in bargaining before conviction, like a typical plea deal and could very well be taken by guilty defendants who simply won't own up to their crimes and don't want to, to like be put to death or Mm -hmm. spend a million years in jail. Mm -hmm. So long story short, this is a situation where the defendant doesn't have to admit guilt and can actually submit to the record. I am innocent, but but they signed the plea. And so in in court record, like legally they are guilty. The prosecution basically gets a soft conviction and the defendant gets to like essentially go on their way, depending on what the judge then decides is the best fitting. And the state saves a lot of money, not trying them. Correct.
1: Exactly
0: Mm -hmm. So he accepted the Alfred plea He was basically approached And was like uh, Norwood is like okay well you're gonna be Seen as guilty for the rest of your life And I really think that I could Completely exonerate you In the eyes of the law But it could be years more in jail And basically Fred like Cut him off and was like nope now sounds great I want to get the fuck out of jail like let's do this Right So shortly before 9 a.m. on a February day in 2013, Fred Sties faced the judge one final time in a hearing that lasted all of eight minutes. Under the terms of the Alford plea, Judge Kadish accepted his guilty plea for a crime that just three months earlier she'd ruled he didn't commit. She sentenced him to time served and he was finally a free man.
2: Oh, my God.
0: Good luck to you, she said. Mm-hmm. And with that all said Gerard's murder case Still remains unsolved mm-hmm. No one a- has actually Been able to track down Who actually did it But the most likely suspect Is the deported former assistant Who is living out The rest of his life Presumably in Russia
1: Well if yeah. anyone can track down A murderous carney Living in Russia I right. would like with to take This mantle
0: With a bunch of Questionable <laughs> jewelry Because he had been deported after mm-hmm. like a jewelry heist mm-hmm. and a background yeah, in I training But isn't our legal system so fucking crazy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, there was really so is. much more about Fred's like trial and and appeals process. Like I condensed this so much. This could be an entire podcast mm-hmm. easily. Mm-hmm. This case,
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's just bonkers. You know, but anyway, that's all I got. I, I wish got. there
2: were more poodles involved. You really had me excited for, like, oodles of poodles. Mm-hmm.
0: Literally, I have, like, one photo of, of the victim and one photo of the suspect and <laughs> ten photos of poodles. It's true. I gave you plenty of poodles. Well, he's in the background of many of these poodle photos. He is. Mm-hmm. He is. The mm-hmm. one that I really can't look at is, like, the group photo at the Circus Hotel because there's a clown just, like, front and center
1: mm-hmm.
0: in it's that hard. pic, so I'm avoiding it. But... Yeah.
1: Yeah. Nailed nice it. job. All right. Oh, was thank extensive.
0: You. So extensive.
1: All right. So this episode was brought to you by our fan picker, Whitney Manis. Uh, you to man Maness,
0: Whitney Maness. You
1: manna from heaven, uh, Whitney Maness. <laughs> Maness. Thank <laughs> you. Best. Thank you also
2: to Jenny Jackman. You are very generous.
0: <laughs> thank you as well to Rachel Walsh. Let the generosity walsh over you, <laughs> Rachel Walsh.
1: And thank you to Kay Rose. I want a kiss from Rose I by the Bay. Kiss by a rose on the gray.
0: Are those
1: the lyrics?
0: Uh, kiss yeah. by a Rose on the Gray. It makes no sense. Oh, I thought it was sense. on the brink. I wish. I on the gray. Was-
1: on the the bay. It's not
0: the bay. There's no way to know. No.
2: Alright, thank you also to Emily Jones. The exorcism of Emily Jones Mm. has brought us a cool $5 a month. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Fruits of
0: labors. Is it me? Is it you? Oh, it's me. Oh, talk crooked. Hello. $5 a month. Carrie and Kay host the Talk Crooked crooked a social justice and comedy podcast love it every monday these two friends chat and shed some light on forbidden and unspeakable subjects in an effort to remove the stigma surrounding mental health yas sexuality yas sexism yas spirituality yas (laughs) etc yas Join us for margaritas while you laugh, cry, and rage with us. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sign Ooh. me up. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I'm adding that to my queue. For roll.
1: Hell, yeah. Um, also, thank you to Jessica Wilson. Increase the pledge to $5 a month. I don't know why I'm saying it like that, but we'll... Just- well
0: no way to know. <laughs> increase your pleasure with your increased pledge.
1: Yes. Oh,
2: my hero, oh. Ashley Simpson. <laughs> oh, my
0: God. I
2: was
1: grounded for your
2: concert. Uh, wasn't. I wasn't
0: either people Not we look
2: alike <laughs> thank you Ashley Simpson for increasing your pledge
0: mm. and thank you Teresa Sikora for increasing your pledge from $1 to $5 a month uh, we really scored with <laughs> Teresa Sikora <laughs> oh, my brain stretch. hurts thank
1: you Michaela uh, kicking off our $10 a month tier, gonna get that fucking patriarchy flexible wine glass. Isn't it? And Michaela, you're okay. La, in you my are. book.
2: And thank you to Sarah Rambo oh. with your $10 a month. You're just busting through the rainforest. Sarah oh Rambo. I've never actually seen it. Neither have I. <laughs> I was
0: also racking my brain for a Rambo reference and could not figure it out. Adrian! Adrian! Isn't that from... Uh, it doesn't matter. The boxing one. Okay, whatever. It. <laughs> yeah, Danielle team- Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> Dances with Wolves. Got it. Danielle Nelson, you are also part of that $10 a month here and i i don't know what else to tell you danielle nelson <laughs> thank you so much and get ready for your wine glass to arrive at some point
1: also get ready reenan renee reanon reanon shit
0: maybe reaninen Rihanna. <laughs> the Rihannan new book Rihannan.
1: by cheryl sandberg <laughs> <laughs> thank, you. thank
0: you so much oh my god we're idiots i'm so sorry jesus
2: Okay, Denise Tracy. Love it. Gonna tr- trace us to $10 a month. Thank you so
0: much, Denise. Oh, you're amazing. Sabrina Powell, my husband and I give money to Sabrina, Sabrina Powell. <laughs> we love having you as part of our Patreon crew. Thank you so much for your donation. <laughs> and thank you Taylor Wilson. Wilson Phillips. Oh. I don't somebody's going to so make me want to turn around
2: and say goodbye, goodbye Taylor. Taylor, Taylor, I don't know if I'm going to make you cry, don't Did you know? know? Okay. <laughs> Moving right along here. <laughs> Big thank you to Storm Scott. Ooh. Holy shit. What Storm, Storm before Storm oh, Scott. Wasn't that Storm was an X-Men? Oh, X-Men. yeah. For x- sure. x men X-woman person. x
0: Yes, from Destiny Falls, guys. Thank you, Storm. (laughs) Thank you, Elizabeth Gunther. Now, I don't really know what to do with this one because the only reference I know for the word Gunther (laughs) is dropping a Gunther, which is a big
2: (laughs) shit. Oh no. Oh, you're
0: not a Gunther, Elizabeth Gunther. You know so many words for, for like, shit.
1: various poops oh, and no. sex. Oh, I know. Well, things. Gunther from Friends nailed from the Coffee it. Shop.
0: Yeah, that's a little more appropriate. There we go. Either way, we love you.
1: Uh, we love you, Lindsay Hawkins. <sighs> So I want to invite you to the Sadie Hawkins dance, oh, Lindsay mouse. Hawkins. Why am I a 75-year-old woman? Be I to say the same. <laughs> Will you go stay with me to the Sadie <laughs> Will Hawkins? Will you wear my class ring, Lindsay Hawkins? <laughs> so
2: stupid. Okay, thank you, Regina White. It's Jaina. It's Jaina. I increase their <laughs> pledge from 2 to $10 a month. And none for Regina White.
0: None for contributors. Um, Bradley Morris, Zach Morris's way cooler older brother, <laughs> uh, increased their donation from five to ten dollars a month, and we are forever appreciative.
1: Uh, thank you Deja Alexis Bell. Wow. I'm getting some Deja Vu because you're an increaser. Oh wow. Thank it.
2: you Deja <laughs> Thank you kicking off our trash Queen level Carolyn Figure 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 Figure
0: Figure <laughs> <Figures.
1: laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you, Carolyn. Oh, I love you. <laughs> and thank you, Jade Koretko. You are also a trash queen or king or neither or neither of Ball. And you're going to be getting some sweet, thirsty trash in the mail.
1: As is Val. Coinus. Kilmer. <laughs> Val K would be a tough name to I like it. compete with, but you're crushing it. You Val. are.
2: Like Val Kilmer from yeah. the right. boxing movie.
0: Right. Oh, yeah, totally. A Bowl. Raging Bull. Raging Bull. Got
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, thank you, Ryan Nijakowski. Ooh. I know that name. Yeah. Ryan, who has increased their pledge from $10 to $25 a month. Oh, that means goodness. you will get to choose a topic and or case and or
0: wine. And or all three. So we free. Can get those things in Minnesota. Thank you, Ryan. You rule, Ryan. Love it. And thank you, Sean Nelson. Shan. Sean. Shan. I okay. shan't. Get it correct, because I'm bad at things. <laughs> you are also giving $25 a month, and you also need to send us your topic pick oh, and stuff. I think they did recently. Sweet. I think I've got it on the calendar.
1: And thank you, <laughs> Emily Lou Harris! <laughs> oh, sorry, Emily Harris. It's Emmy Lou now. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for your
2: music and your mm. talent and mm. your just and you're $25 a month. Yep.
1: Thank
0: you.
2: <clears throat> Thank you, Devin Martin, mm. Devin Sawa. Mm. Oh. Devon. Devon saw Steve Martin
0: had a baby, and it's Devon
2: Martin.
0: Oh my god. Oh my god. Lucky.
2: Lucky. Thank you so much. Send us your case and or wine and or topic
0: pairing. Then. I love it. And if you are like all of my ex-boyfriends and afraid of commitment, you can make a once-off donation via our online store, WineAndCrimePodcast. ThinkCartel.com. Just like Madison Eugenlaub I, I can loud. I can loud. Almost nailed it. I can pronounce this last name. I can loud. Thank you so much, Madison. We are definitely going to take that 10 bucks and treat ourselves to some mozzarella sticks, baby. Oh, yeah.
1: Right now, in fact. Oh, thank right. you. Cheers. We
2: love you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kali Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Wine and Crime Pod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your podcasts.